are we doing? Changing the world. What are we doing? Changing the world. They're lying about everything. Keep calm and carry on. And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also Mike in a moment. And Swell is joining us once again. We're not going to be the 831st podcast slash video slash reviewer to talk about how this should be titled like Worry Darling or We Should All Be Worried Darling or Let's Worry Darling. But we're here to review the movie Don't Worry Darling, Michael. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not... Uh... I'm not going to say, well, okay, I'll say it, but you titled like five podcasts before this about Worry Darling. I'd like to think I led the parade, yes. You oh, led the okay. I was the trendsetter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sure. you're right. You were the trendsetter on the titles uh, mm-hmm. of Worry Darling, and uh, the Variety and the Hollywood Reporter followed you. Amanda, right. welcome back. Welcome Thank back you. to Mike, Mike and Oscar. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I wanted on the record that when we did our movies we were worried about for 2022, I put on Don't Worry Darling, and I had to convince <laughs> both of you that it was, in fact, going to be a nightmare. And I just, yeah. I, I don't often get to say I told you so, so I will take this opportunity. <laughs> Your entire it. brand is based on telling people I told you so. What are you talking about? No, I try to correct mistakes in a uh, biased manner. Uh-huh. Correction is not criticism, as they say in the teaching world. That's good. I like it. <laughs> So we had this movie. It was much maligned in the run-up, in the pre-production, and then on all the controversies. Uh, Mike, you and I covered the controversies leading up to this and through its premiere at uh, Venice a great deal, including Smithgate. Swell, we we want you to weigh in on everything, to at least to start, everything about this. I don't know. You could take this in any direction you want to go, mm. but what were your thoughts heading into actually seeing Don't Worry Darling, knowing what you knew about all the behind-the-scenes mess that this movie had turned out to be? Well, I knew that I was going to be doing a video review of it. And so for this particular movie, because there was so much like, I do think that regardless of what you think of the rumors and what did or didn't happen on set, I do think there's a lot of misogyny towards Olivia Wilde in the reception of it and how people are talking about it. And so going into the movie itself, I was like, you know what? All I have to review is the finished product that's going to be in front of me right now. And so I kind of went in with that mentality of like, I'm just going to go into this with no expectations and just see how it comes out. Um, I will say that, you know, I talked about it in the last episode I was on talking about the movies and all of that, which I do think was the last episode I was on. There's been rumors about, you know, strife on set and drama on set since production and pre-production, and then I'm not talking about the Shia LaBeouf side of things. Um, There's now been a Verge article, I believe, that came out talking about a blow-up argument between Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh that has now been disputed by crew members on set and all of that. And that one in particular... that Yeah, that rumor in particular is not a new rumor. That's been around since production was going on. That's That's a fight that's been heard about or discussed potentially having happened uh, on, say, Dumois and, and uh, Insiders and all of that. And I do think that the reason we know more about this set than we do most sets is because Harry Styles is on it. And so the paparazzi was more involved. Fans were more involved when they found out where filming was happening. And so I do think that's why we have more behind-the-scenes set photos and things like that because of his involvement. And... As far as whether or not that argument is true, it's not a new rumor. And so that way, that being said, that could be proof that it's, you know, probably not a true claim from the person who went to Verge and gave them that statement. 
basically, because it's not uh, it's not like a new rumor that they pulled out of nowhere and they had to make up. There's claims about that fight that's happened for a while. Um, and then as far as the crew members, you know, complain or like denouncing it or whatever, that Verge article also talked about how they had issues with Olivia Wilde having gone to a like making claims about her policies about COVID and then also how she then went to a public wedding after demanding they don't party and all this other things. So mm. as far as denouncing it, I mean, so much of this industry is who you know and word of mouth and all of that. So I can get why for them career-wise, it would be better for them to denounce it publicly than have them potentially be, hey, you worked on Don't Worry Darling, didn't you? Were you one of these crew members mm. that were mm -hmm. upset with the director? Like that type of thing. So I don't know. I can see how I can see why the article is causing waves uh, even more so than the actual rumors uh, in talked about in the article. So, yeah. So, Amanda, basically, I just want to get your take on this. Mm -hmm. It would therefore be reasonable to assume that if you have to walk a red carpet with these people in Venice, um, you're going to eat some edibles uh, before you do so and fake uh, be a fake paparazzi and then okay. kind of roll the your eyes. About, the uh, thing about Chris Pine is that I'm fairly certain he has zero social media. And I also think he is, has very little knowledge of what was going on online in the lead up to Venice. And so I, the rumor is, is that he just showed up there and half the cast was not speaking to each other and he was so very confused and Gemma Chan is trying to update him on the boat leading into the red carpet <laughs> like listen here's what's happening <laughs> that would be hysterical I, I, I actually like that version of events more if he just was like totally aloof and completely out of the loop and then the disgust the clear disgust between him and Harry Styles when they had that interview when Harry, you know, it's just a movie that feels like a movie. And Chris Pine basically does everything short of rolling his eyes in that uh, interview. That, yeah. would be, that, that would make me happy. Yeah, I do think that maybe he was potentially fed up, but I also don't think he, I don't think he was behaving because of the drama perceived or because he was dating Olivia or anything like that. I do think it was probably more that he is a, a well-established actor, a working actor, and this is the new kid on the block who is half of the draw of this movie, unfortunately, and or more than half. And mm. he's sitting there talking about this kid can't give interviews. He was in one direction. I'm sorry, Harry Styles. I need you to get more media training. You were in one direction. You were the most lock and key boy band I have ever heard of. And you guys don't have media training. You can't answer a simple question in an interview. It's driving me insane. Mm -hmm. Or read lines well, apparently. But we'll get into that. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> or not spit on your co-stars. Like, okay, I mean, if so you every take that video <laughs> and you go back and to the left, back and to the left, <laughs> back, and you enhance mm -hmm. it, enhance, enhance. Mm -hmm. If you do that in the video, you could just see a big old loogie. There's it's apparently hitting. nothing, but I mean, for I, I had a, such a busy afternoon analyzing that. I was like trying to find, I was literally downloading uh, enhanced footage software <laughs> trying to figure it out. You're sick. <laughs> this, I will say, as someone who who is a big fan of just, you know, Hollywood in general and uh, the film industry and all of that, this is the most fun I've had with celebrity movie drama in a while. <laughs> This is so ongoing. I will give Olivia Wilde that, that she knew how to market her movie. If all of this is fake, this is some brilliant marketing. 
Okay, that's a question that 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 the big picture brought up too on the Ringer Podcast Network. There's no way this is all orchestrated, right? They, like that can't possibly be true. I think that personally, with the way that Florence Pugh has behaved and the way that she has carried herself in other interviews and how she, not related to the movie and other roles, I can't see her being on board with this type of marketing because it paints her as someone who's a little difficult. And um, so I and don't... And it only hurt Olivia Wilde long-term as well? I mean, I think so, but I mean, it could be... The rumor is... I'm sorry, my dog is trying to burrow under the couch. One moment. <laughs> <laughs> While she's uh, getting her dog, it would, it would have been a thousands times smarter twist for them to orchestrate this marketing, Michael, than the twist we got in the movie. So I, I completely <laughs> yeah. disown it. So I don't believe fair, it. No, fair. There's but no I way. think it, I think it would only do Olivia Wilde a disservice. Long like I, I can't, I can't because then you're saying every aspect of every like every rumor was orchestrated too, and mm-hmm. so they weren't talking to each other on Venice purposefully. Well, that was the rumor. One of the interviewers, uh, one of the uh, the reporters for a uh, I want to say the BBC or another. Um, um outlet yeah outlet. outlet um they said oh they have since broken up and so everyone was like oh she just said that really casually are they broken up and the way that they were acting at venice film festival implied that there was some form of animosity between harry styles and olivia wilde but then now she's gone back and she's been at his residence in new york and they're doing one in austin right now and then la is next she's been at those shows dancing and happy and it's like then why the fuck were you guys acting like you couldn't stand each other and he is actively basically running away from her in some of those clips where she moves to stand closer to him and Gemma Chan like taps him on the shoulder so he he rotates so he's between Gemma and someone else so that he's not right next to Olivia like he made sure he was never next to her so either he either he is the worst boyfriend of all time or this is a <laughs> fake relationship I'm sorry he has not publicly claimed her he literally recently said in an interview that he has not publicly dated anyone I'm sorry Olivia I need you to stand oh, up I need yeah. you to get <laughs> to have more respect for yourself at the very least Harry Styles, worst boyfriend of all time. Hot takes are flying. <laughs> You're today. telling me rock stars don't make good committed <laughs> <know>. relationship partners? <laughs> Someone who grew up under lock and key. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so uh, obviously they orchestrated all these critical reviews, though, Mike. If they orchestrated. The oh movie. yeah, yeah. No, if this is all orchestrated, it's it's worked well for them because it's carrying a 38 percent on Rotten Tomato <laughs> on 238 critic scores. It does have a 79 percent audience score on Rotten Tomato. That's on first 500 ratings, though. Uh, otherwise, the scores are pretty middling across the board. 48 Metascore on 108 critics' reviews, 6.3 on IMDb on 13,000 votes, a B-minus score. It does. It is trending as the number one movie on IMDb. So because... there is there is a fear. Well, there is something that's been going around, which with has yeah. to do with the Warner Brothers, uh, HBO Max, uh, Discovery Plus merger and all of that. Um, hmm. Because... Warner Brothers only had the money to release two movies theatrically this year, and that was Don't Worry Darling and now Black mm-hmm. Adam. And so the rumor was is that they were trying to pull Don't Worry Darling from a theatrical release and just stick it onto HBO Max. But because Olivia Wilde put so much of her own money into the movie, she was demanding a theatrical release in an effort to recoup it. So she could not care at this point about critical acclaim or better reception. She's just trying to get ticket sales at this point potentially to make sure that she 
is continuing to be able to make movies in the future because it, it doesn't need to be a critical success if it's a financial success, for the, especially for what Warner Brothers and Discovery are doing right now. They clearly don't care about the art form whatsoever. They care about the money. So if she can show that she can make money in some capacity, then yeah, maybe at least everything past the merger um, or recently, more recently could be, I guess, not orchestrated, but I guess nudged to kind of make it seem a little more dramatic so that more people will go and see the movie to see how the offset, uh, the onset drama affects the performances and all this stuff because that still translates to ticket sales. Something definitely affected some performances in this movie. I would agree with that. But Mike, we've done deep dives here about how, Zaz- how Zasloff has treated the HBO Max and the Warner Brothers HBO merger. I mean, th- this thing has to make money for them or otherwise they probably would have pulled it like they did so many other properties what are the financials of the opening weekend of don't worry darling so far yeah 19.2 million for a domestic box office opening weekend 30 worldwide on a 35 million dollar budget so it is heading towards profitability uh olivia wilde secured this along with harry styles spitting on chris pine with the coordinated (laughs) marketing we now know so just a brilliant sense of viral marketing right uh, yeah to you know, deliver all your climactic moments of the story in your trailer, but none of that matters because of how <laughs> somebody struts down the red carpet with a glass of uh, rosé. Rosé, gotcha. It was an Aperol spritz. Get it right. All right. Well, I, I, I don't care cool. if it was a, a glass of motor oil. Like that's part of the allure of this is that everybody is so pretty that's involved with this movie. It's 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 a perfect microcosm of how we like are celebrity obsessed. Like. None of us care really about the drama. It's just like pretty people doing messy things. Oh, I need more. Oh, God, it's so great. (laughs) Yeah. The purple on purple purple set she walked in on as they're talking about how she won't be here till later because of the scheduling conflict and she's arriving to the red carpet at the same time. Phenomenal timing. See, it's things like that where I'm like, either Flo is more messy than she wants people to believe or this was all orchestrated. (laughs) I think Flo has, I think everything having to do with Florence Pugh has been like, Completely orchestrated. I think she's played this wonderfully. And I don't know. I mean, there was another rumor of is Florence Pugh doing this to like distance herself, knowing that the movie is going to be so bad. So is mm-hmm. she doing everything on social media and everything having to do with Venice and how she has to get back but to see, the set for Zidane 2 purposefully? She's immaculate in this role. I thought she was great in this role. Mm. Oh, she. I think she's so good that it makes other people seem even worse than they are. Harry Styles. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree with both of you. But, I mean, she's done movies that haven't done all that well in the past. So, it, she, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I mean, the Little Drummer Girl, Park Chan-wook series wasn't great. Malevolent. I mean, Black Widow wasn't going to do all that well, but she promoted the hell out of out of those. I mean, she's hey, she's got some deep cuts on her, on her resume, but a lot of them have been fun. Like, she's had this rising star of a career, and she's built that into two properties with with WB here. I'm I'm wondering guys if if she had like opera Oppenheimer, she was on the set of Oppenheimer during this, what the hell would that mm. crossover PR nightmare what what would that have been? Like this was like all right, it's all in house. It's Dune 2 set. You <laughs> going back to don't worry darling. Otherwise, this would have been even worse. <laughs> If she was on the Christopher Nolan set and Christopher Nolan who had just left WB. WB. Yeah. yeah, he just left yeah. WB. So I'm sure he's been in her ear about all the problems over there. And then she's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that would have been mm-hmm. a, even more of a catastrophe. But all right. So like we went in with low expectations 
So that's why I'm I'm a little surprised at all of us coming out of this thing still despising this movie in a bit. I mean, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, but we tend to buck trends and we kind of are contrarians in a way, Michael. At least I'll speak for the two of us. We don't like to pile on or we don't like, but we have no choice here, don't we? Well, I mean... <laughs> This is bad. <laughs> like, this is this is not... Look, there are aspects of this movie, and I think they all fall into the non-spoiler review. Like, the production value is very high. There's some, like, Lynchian mm. aspects of filmmaking that Olivia Wilde pulls off that I think is, like, oh, audacious. Beautiful. Yeah, right? Like, there's, mm. there's positives. They just aren't in the story or the twist or a lot of the acting, right, Swell? In my opinion, I actually was very interested in the first two-thirds of this movie and then I kept waiting for you know that I was hoping the twist would have I think if the twist had happened sooner or the reveal I guess or at least more of a hint I think they would have been able to wrap things up because the final act of this movie is too rushed and it leaves so much unanswered and just abandons so much and it's not like oh it's leaving it up for interpretation like some TikTok (laughs) users are saying no there's there's things that are all out all out abandoned that were important elements or significant elements in the first two thirds of this movie and so I don't know I think there was something here but then I think like trying to read the the scenes that I've read from the original uh, uh, Van Dyke siblings or whatever whoever they are um, their original script the scenes that I've read about the reveal and things like that. It fits so much better than what we got. And I think would have been a way better outcome than what we got. So it also, there's also that question having to do with the original, uh, the Van Dyke script, which was a blacklist script and that, that Olivia Wilde purchased it. And then there was this big bidding war when she got involved coming off of, of book smart there. Like did W did WB and other studios jump the gun with Olivia Wilde's like panache as a filmmaker i don't mean to use that kind of word but i don't know any other word to put it on right now like she had only done that one other movie and yeah it was very well done but it was also not at all this sci-fi yeah this is this is definitely yeah this is definitely an ambitious sophomore film which is the one thing that i keep hearing and i mean it doesn't mean that she's not capable of doing something like this but I think this right after, like, I maybe she was trying to kind of sell herself as, like, the director that can do anything, and that's why she did this versus another, say, mm. like, coming-of-age, uh, young adult type of movie with Booksmart type of thing, and that's why she did this, because this is so drastically different from Booksmart. I don't know. I don't think it was a smart move on her part, but I don't know. I think the uh, the genre, and definitely the hidden subgenre, really dooms the movie. I mean, the fact that she committed to to Mm -hmm. this particular overdone story like i just i hate this finale so much i hate that they simplify and bungle what should be a righteous message i hate that there's melodrama and it just oozes out of the film for 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 that last that last uh 20 minutes like you said the rush 20 minutes and i hate that you got a lot of familiar beats in the second act where i'm bracing for the third act's disappointment because I'm, I'm going through all the typical unravelings of a psychological thriller, right? In the second act, I mean, we know the overall genre of the, of the film based on the trailers. I'm not spoiling anything there. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of going through that, struggling through that with the character as an audience member, and you have to pay that off. You have to pay that off for a, for a crowd and they this movie just completely like turns on you i would say and that's why i think i think there's there's substance to be said where like 
there's a lot of great stuff about this movie. The cinematography, the costume design, the production design, Agreed. Florence Pugh's performance, and several in this ensemble. But my God, does the bad overshadow the good, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Especially with the main... I'm sorry. I'm going to take a lot of shots at Harry Styles. He could afford <laughs> it. He could take them. He's, he's doing all right in life. Uh, like You're spitting it, up, I would say. He's, he's the main draw of this movie. And he's mm-hmm. not good. Or at least completely overshadowed in terms of going tete-a-tete with someone like the caliber of actor of Florence Pugh in those heavy dramatic scenes. Yeah, no, there's there's multiple scenes where, okay, I'm going to be honest, I forgot this section. When when he's like our life together, that's what I'm worried about. That's what I'm worried about losing. When is that scene? It's not it's not a spoiler. It's It was released in the, uh, the promotional. It was one of the release scenes that everyone ripped apart because his acting is so ridiculous in it. But um, talking about remember. the promotional. It's yeah, kind of, talking about the... It's before the dinner party. Right. It's towards the middle, I would say. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what's, what sets that off, but he, he's trying... He's basically, like, begging her to, like, stop being difficult, and I don't believe him. Like, I, it's not reaching his eyes. It's like, I, maybe you want that, but do you really need that? I don't believe that, like, what, what's actually at stake for him if she keeps poking and things like that? is everything. Everything's at stake. And it doesn't seem to translate to what he's demanding of her, what he's asking of her, how he's begging her. I'm like, you need, I need you to have better motivations in this scene because it's not reaching your eyes and I don't believe you. If the most believable part of your character is coming home and throwing a woman on the table to perform cunnilingus on her in a sci-fi thriller drama, you probably need either better direction or a few more acting classes, I would say. Can I make a joke really quick? This is not a a spoiler. Um, So the first time he does that, so he comes home, she's cleaned the house, she's made dinner, and then he completely ruins the, the dinner, by the way. No, okay. So <laughs> Olivia Wilde kept talking about how the sex scenes in this movie like sell the female gaze, and I'm like, no. If you wanted to sell the female gaze, you would have zoomed in on Harry Styles going down on a woman. That's what you would have done. You wouldn't have zoomed in. You wouldn't have zoomed in on Florence Pugh's face, which again, she's gorgeous. Thank you for that. But also, mm-hmm. yeah, the roast is on the floor. The dinner she just made. The floor she just cleaned is now dirty. You mm. know, like this is not the female gaze. I need you to like reestablish what you think the female right. gaze is, because that's not. It. No, absolutely. And I mean, speaking of the male gaze here, there's Florence Pugh who's simulating an orgasm. And Mike, I was thinking of you the whole time because she just <laughs> threw this perfectly made dinner on the floor. And I was like, my co-host is going to shit himself seeing all that food go to waste. I was so angry. That's when I turned on the movie. You know, just- because he's going to demand she make him more food because that's the, that's the thing. That's the thing. He's going to ask for more food. And that's part of the thing that I hated as well about just overall Jack's characterization. I think they bungled his characterization with the reveal we got. I don't think it fits whatsoever because, yeah, he would demand that. He, what, so what's for dinner now that I've ruined the one you made originally? Here's- you know, like. Here's how ridiculous a person I am, though, guys, because I'm watching this food instead of her orgasm face. I'm watching the food fall onto the floor. I'm seeing what did not fall off the plate, what's still edible. I'm seeing what's left. Like, I'm saying, all right, the Brussels sprouts, who gives a damn? Brussels sprouts go on the floor. Fine. All right, I'm watching. But the roast is still on the table. Is she going to push? And that's when I'm watching this film in suspense. Wait a minute. She's going to, she's going to, she's still going. She's going to push the roast off the table. And the that, that full was the title most- is Don't Worry, Darling. 
feeling the roast makes it through okay. That's that's the title. <laughs> Best of the scene movie of the you. film yeah. by a right. lot because that was the only scene that had some any stakes, I guess, for me. Literally. <laughs> Almost literally, except it was a roast and not stakes themselves. Right. Um so I can't wait to get into spoilers. I don't know how much more about non spoilers. I can't imagine we're gonna talk about much of an Oscars lens with this, Mike. No, I think I this, mean costume yeah. design, maybe? Sure, I could be conv- I could be talked into costume design. It's I can't gonna be-, be a crowded year, guys. I don't, I don't production design maybe because they made that set in the desert somewhere. But okay. yeah, during I think they may get extra bonus points because it was during COVID, like during lockdown. This was one of the first big films I remember coming Good out point. when. Yeah, but again, we're not talking about any performances. We're not certainly not talking about directing. We're not talking about any kind of screenplay. Anything like no, no big six offers, <laughs> right? No way. No. No, not happening. It's yeah. it too much is that like you said too much has gone wrong. Toxic for property. the film. It's toxic. People if it just was a better, away. if it was executed better, I can see how Florence would get at least a nomination for something. But yeah, with the outcome of the movie, I don't see her getting a nomination for this role. It, that'd be hilarious. That'd be a good litmus test of would she even bother showing up to the Oscars if she actually got nominated for this <laughs> because of how much disdain it seems like she has for the property in general. Going into yeah, it, Olivia Wilde puts her forward as a four-year consideration. <laughs> right, like with Florence, or maybe she does show up, but in the purple dress again, walking the red carpet with. Oh, that would be so her. great! Yeah. Just in the. <laughs> okay. It, okay. It gets, Do you want to get into spoilers? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a maddening roller coaster ride, though. These production values, because like the editing is great in some scenes, and then the end, it's hilarious. The music is great, and then. Like it's an insult to injury when my seat and my ass is rumbling in my Dolby theater <laughs> during like the most. You saw this in Dolby. I saw this in Dolby. <laughs> That's and my, almost worse. And That's my <laughs> my my colon is rumbling. Like they, I don't know what they're doing. It's ridiculous what's going on with these seats right now. They're just get intrusive. Uh, at the Dolby <laughs> Theater, and it's just like this hilarious melodramatic scene, and I'm I'm vibrating, <laughs> gyrating in my seat. I'm like, what the f is happening? And of course, well, like the the WTF is happening is kind of the last question I want to do in non sport. Like, is this movie even awesomely bad enough to enjoy, or is it just bad? Like, can it become Some like a people- cult thing? I heard some people calling it a camp, a camp masterpiece, and I was like, "No, a camp masterpiece is is Cats 2019. This is not a camp <laughs> yeah. masterpiece." Well, that's also incredibly biased coming from you because you unironically love that movie. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that was my pre-pandemic. Uh, my my guilty pleasure was bringing completely people who had never even seen a trailer to go see that movie in theater. <laughs> you are. A sadist. Uh, <laughs> the Razzies Academy got to be, they got to be the happiest people on the planet, though, yeah. because they're going to, this is going to be a 10 Razzie nominee. No? I, yeah. <laughs> and probably for the, for the, for all the wrong reasons, just for. I do think that would be the greatest thing for Harry Styles' career if he got a Razzie, because then I think everyone would mm. be very much looking forward to My Policeman, and also his fan base would lose their goddamn minds either way. They would either think <laughs> it was the greatest thing ever, or they would literally like hunt down the Razzies. Oh, that, that uh, could be good academy. for the Razzies because of that. Yeah, actually. That's oh, a really good oh point. yeah. So oh. I think, I think for them, they should just nominate him for the lulls. And yeah. just see how it goes. <laughs> I mean, he's bad because he's not ready. But, like, I I don't think he's, like, one of the worst performances of the year. I mean, we've seen much worse, though. I, I mean, it, so it's unwarranted. Well, it's bad by con. Like, you can't yeah. put that actor up against Florence Pugh. 
Mm-hmm. If that if he if his scenes were in a vacuum, it'd be one thing. But you can't have Florence Pugh, who's like one of the greatest actors of of this young generation coming up, who's already a mm. multi like Academy Award nominee and can carry a movie on her back, and then have Harry Styles screaming into a steering wheel unconvincingly. You know, you can't. Do oh that. my god! I I kept telling my friends, I was like, I think they could if they just did two more takes, he would have gotten it. Like <laughs> they they could have. I think they could have done it. He just kept getting louder and then squeezing his eyes shut because he couldn't cry. And I was like, oh, okay, this is. I think two more takes, and then also focus on the horror of. Florence getting pulled out of the car yes. like that would have been a better shot than him screaming yeah. in the steering wheel because it doesn't fit okay can we go into spoilers so I can talk about <laughs> yes, yes yes sorry <laughs> yeah, let's let's get into spoilers here <laughs> spoilers ahead this is a spoiler warning okay listen here so the reveal of this movie <laughs> the reveal of this movie is that Harry Styles is an incel and Frank is a podcaster. That is the reveal of this fucking movie. Okay? <laughs> and he has created basically a um a a Soho house online that you have to pay <laughs> to force your wife to go in and live with you in and she gets to live as the 1950s housewife after you drug and kidnap her basically. And in the original in the original script uh he fakes her death basically. And and that's why mm-hmm. no one's looking for her, which is never addressed in this movie of why no one would be looking for a literal doctor that went missing. But whatever. And <laughs> then, um, so this the type of man who would. Uh, I thought they had broken up at one point, and that's why the flower scene. But then the flowers are just revealed that it's just like a thing that he does to like bring her flowers, even though she's strapped to a bed and cannot see the flowers because he literally has her held prisoner in this 1950s pastel hellscape um he he like knocks her out and ties her up and gives her food and water and has her tied up to a feeding tube and has her forcibly in the simulation the type of man who would do that is not the type of man who would just be happy to see his wife all like there there's there's a certain level of animosity that I feel like we kind of get revealed when he's finally screaming at her and it's like, every day I have to leave here and go and work to keep us here. You get to stay here. That animosity, I feel like, would seep more into his character throughout mm. the entirety of the film. And I feel like it would be the moments of, yeah, so now, uh, so dinner's ruined. What are you doing now? You know, I like things like that. When she t- takes his chair in front of Frank, that is such a sign of disrespect to this type of guy. He would not let that slide. The only reason I think he would let that slide is if is to make sure Frank doesn't realize he doesn't have control of his household. You know, like I think there'd be more there versus just the doting the doting husband, and it waters him down in such a way to appease Harry Styles fans. That's why they did this. There's no other conceivable way of why they watered down Jack so much, other than the potential for his fan base being like, oh my God, I would love to be Alice right now, which is what I'm seeing on TikTok, and it's stressing me the fuck out. So <laughs> wow. I have a lot of feelings about this. I really do. But like the whole pill thing as well, he would be like yeah my wife is being difficult let me let me fill out i'll take the prescription i'll hold on to it for you you know but like it's well only if it's only if you need it you know and he in the original uh script again he's like trying to feed her the pills and slip them into her food and all this other stuff and again it's like there's things that would make sense that they just got rid of to water down his character to make him more palatable for his audience harry Styles' audience and i don't think it works with the reveal that's there's a lot there and what a I'm very loud sorry well, no, no, no 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 i, I, I every I, second of that yeah it's not stuff that i had considered a lot of that stuff i hadn't considered either well, but you're because that's a ton of sense 
that's the mature, uh, thoughtful right. way <laughs> to break down the complexities of how yeah. these causes don't add up to these effects, and therefore this is a melodramatic movie. Whereas Mike and I are just like, WTF that plane, WTF this matrix. Yeah, what was the, what was, what was the earthquakes? What were the shaking happening? Because he's there. They haven't left the Victory Project yet, so people kept saying, oh, it's that, that's the men leaving the Victory Project. They all leave at the same time. That's the point. You They're all, f- they all leave yeah. they all come back at the same time so it's a controlled enter and exit so those vibrations what is that because it stops halfway through the movie like why have a fake desert kill your fake kids and why have a you know you can't just come up with a more convincing lie to all these women like you're just gonna say yeah oh, it's was confidential. the was the plane what okay so the the plane crash the plane I is nonsense was, absolute nonsense when i was yeah the Go plane ahead. at a when she sees it in the sky there is a ripple effect that happens over and so my brain was thinking okay this is in her subconscious and that's why it's breaking through. But then also yeah. how much of the simulation is their actual subconscious? Because then they'd all be seeing different things, you know? So it has to be the simulation. And then they have free will, but the simulation itself does not change. So her subconscious would have, the plane would have to be part of the simulation. But then the trolley driver doesn't see it. But then is the trolley driver part of the simulation? Is he an actual person? Because his wife's not there, you know? He's so like then free it's guy. Not, Yeah, free basically, guy, because man. then he... he that's not my route. I can't go that way. I have to go back to town. I can't leave the trolley. You know, things like that. I'm like, okay, you are not, you are a non-playable character. That, you are an NPC. NPC. That makes sense. And then the, so the plane, she gets there, the plane's not there. So it would make sense if it was her subconscious. I heard someone saying, oh, I think it was a fly in the bedroom where she's trapped and that's what she's seeing. And I'm like, no, but then the plane would not be manifested as the kid's toy plane as a real plane. You know, if it's just a fly that she's seeing. If anything, it would be like a scary shadow flying across the sky, if that's what it was. If it was something from the outside world affecting the simulation. And so, again, it's like there it doesn't, there's certain things that are, there are liberties made to kind of make it like more ominous and creepy and like, oh, things are not what they seem. But like, it doesn't fit with the reveal. I'm going to sneeze. Well, there's sorry. no, there's such a lack of explanation for any of these, two, not even just the plane, but like, is Florence Pugh the only one who has like these visions too of like these scary dancers? Like, obviously, I think it was Kiki Lane's character that must have had them. But like, is it only some women who have these things, even though every woman who's in this world must be, have been drugged in real life and like mm-hmm. given a feeding tube and hold down yeah. by their husbands? Yeah. See, so there's okay, just a so swath the, the, of women in real life who are going missing? Yeah, and like, okay, hey, all of these men whose spouses are now missing, these guys have to go and work. They're not working for the Victory Project. That's what some people were saying. It's like, oh, yeah, no, in the real world, they have to go and work for the Victory Project. No, they have to go and make money in the real world doing whatever the fuck they want. To pay Andrew Tate Pine, yeah. Yes, although he really wasn't an, a, a fixture at this time when they were filming, so it's not really Andrew Tate. It's just like the consistency of this alpha male bullshit podcaster thing. Right, Um mm. Which is, which I guess could, again, if this was a better movie, we would say it was ahead of its time with when it was filming and everything that's come out since, but still. And then he has to go and pay this. So, I mean, I guess there could be a joke where it's almost like, like insulin rationing, where maybe he's giving her less of the medication to drug her or like the subscription is, maybe she gets like a pop-up that says, your subscription is running out. Your grace period of 15 days before payment. Something like that randomly popping up in her head, I think would have been hilarious. Cause it would have been like, what the fuck? Why am I thinking of this? Or the music, the song she was hearing. It's not just from her life before, but it's like literally like the, like the, hey, you're running out of time. 
here's the song yeah. for when you need to pay another payment. Like something like that would have been creepy as hell. It would have been good. And instead, I don't even get what the point of the song was other than, oh, look, Harry Styles wrote a song for Don't Worry Darling, you know, that him and Florence Pugh are working <laughs> on together. You know, like I, what was the point of the song? Because he's, she already said, she already knows it comes from him because that's what she tells Bunny. Oh, Jack was singing it and it's been stuck in my head. I was hoping you would know what it was. So it's like, that's early. She already knows it's from Jack. I don't know why that would be a trigger for her to remember everything else after the electroshock therapy. I'm sorry for every listener who's listening to this. I have so many feelings about this movie. No, no, I think think you're you're doing a far more articulate job than me and Mike are able to do, honestly. But like, there's, there's so many things that I think this movie considers to be breadcrumbs that are just nonsensical. Like, they don't go any... Mm-hmm. Like, there's no possible way you could have guessed this was going to have, like, that pseudo-Serenity-type ending. Sorry to spoil Serenity, I guess, but, like, at least that had a kid that was capable in the background of it who had to, like, actually build the video game. This is just people laying down in the Matrix is real. Surprise. Except that the Matrix is a 1950s paradise or male utopia. Like, yeah. the, the, the the plane doesn't make sense. The, the song doesn't make sense. What is electroshock therapy within this Matrix world? What What does that mean? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so in the reveal in the original script is that she realizes everything, she makes him dinner, and the pills he was trying to drug her with, she feeds him, so his whole body goes numb, basically. And there's a line where she says, you guys have done, the problem here you did is that making everything so real in here, food gets you full, alcohol gets you drunk, pills knock you out, or something like that. And so it's mm. like, yeah, the electroshock therapy within this world would make sense. But then also, like, I don't know. It's so odd because it's like, did they do that to Margaret? Like right. when when the did they never even get the chance to try? Why was why did they skip pills with Alice and go straight to electric shock therapy? Because they could have tried to feed her the pills. They could have like when Frank takes Jack outside. It, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like, you know, you have the prescription from Doctor Collins. I think it's time you you know, use that because I feel like we needed more of, which I guess we got during the party scene, which I think fit when Jack is so desperate to please Frank, so desperate to please him that he does the monkey dance thing that he does, which people are making fun of because it's insane. And it's like, oh, he's still dancing. He's still going. And it's like, yeah, he's trying to appease Frank. He wants Frank to like him. He wants to keep Frank happy. Of course, he's going to humiliate himself for Frank when his wife is literally crying, trying to leave. Like, so I don't know. I feel like the electroshock therapy, it's a choice, and I don't think it was a good one. But then also, yeah, the electroshock therapy, surely they, this can't have been the only time they've done this. So Alice wouldn't be the only one who's, like, started having visions of her life that would have to be a risk that, like, yeah, it's going to override the electric simulation that she's in, that this electroshock therapy would somehow cross a wire or two, and she would remember things. They're smart enough to create the matrix and yet they're they can't handle any troubleshooting. Like it makes no sense. Yeah. It makes no sense. You have Captain Kirk and Jonah Ryan. And now the head designer is dead, so everything's fucked, you know? <laughs> it's so He's the dumb. only and, one that knows the source code. And, and look, I mean the high profile films and television, they've been this subgenre. A prisoner slash adventurer in a false reality. We've seen this done and overdone. And obviously it's in the premise of the Matrix and Westworld and Inception and Existence and Ready Player One and The Wizard of Oz and Alice in Wonderland. Oh my God, her name is really Alice and this, isn't it? And look, I mean, we 
done this a thousand times, and I, I, I don't know if you guys, if, I don't know if you wanted to highlight the 15 movies I referenced or not and, and get spoiled, but I, I just, off the top of my head, and then I searched out a few lists, 15 films where literally the, the big swerve act two or act three reveal was the fact that they're in an alternate reality like they, that's just the list of films I've seen in the last 20 years. My God, this is just so overdone. So when you don't make it fun at all and it's just mm-hmm. one bummer after the next and then you don't like the the fun of this genre now is coming up with all the the weird ass, bizarre, horrific, whatever fun reasons for why you would be in the simulation. And then you can have mm-hmm. a meta commentary about people who actually believe in simulations. You just, you just can't have the simulation be the reveal, and then it's yeah. just reductive. Everything is reductive to the point where you're, you're, you're scoffing at it. At the just end. take it. Just, just believe it. Just take take our word for it. This would all happen. No, the yeah, you have the no that, and then the reveal that your loving, doting husband is actually a psychopath incel. Like, is that the point? Like, is that supposed to be the horror reveal? Because I don't even think that was done well, you know. Mm. And I have a question: Why is Peg pregnant all the time? Is she pregnant in the real world, or is she pregnant in the simulation? Because if the kids aren't <laughs> real, I have questions. I'm concerned. Yeah, you're you're right. The 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 male characters are so insidious, and yet they're bumbling idiots here. You like you would think that if there's if they're uh, psychopaths, they would be smarter. Again, psychopaths, mad scientists. Well, if, they, if, yeah. if they were all taken from the Philadelphia, like they're all taken from one of these three areas in America, right? That's where no, they're has no, this they're not. Place. No, 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 they're not. That's the thing. That's just the fake stories that they are all given. That's what Alice is saying. We only remember what they they give them different backgrounds that are not the same as their new ones because oh, it's see, to build I thought this podcast around. I thought this podcast like was a regional thing. Like it was just this is a regional hit, not a national hit yet. So that's why they're starting and like they're taking women from Philadelphia. So like there's just women no, across no, no, the no. nation that's that ju- are all. That's just yeah, that's just the way, and that's why he kept saying like, well, no, this is even a man dumber. is responsible. No, it's like, and then the line, the, the chosen wife. Who is your chosen wife? Prior relationship? Yes. He like that's why I thought Alice and him had broken up, but then it looks like they are together. But he still knocks her out and takes her. But like that's part of the reason Violet's so confused and concerned is because she didn't know Bill before he chose her as his wife, and that's why Bill is nervous. Like you said, this wasn't going to happen because he just abducted Violet and chose mm. her as his wife, and then. Oh shit! Yeah. I didn't even, like. I didn't get any. I just thought it was you know she was confused because she was in real life being taken hostage by her fucking boyfriend and knocked out and entered into this. Like I thought, so is, is the meta, the meta reality of this is that there is a guy who must abduct a woman, hold her without her knowing, giving her some count. I mean, I don't know how they knock these people out, but like they can, so he can, any guy could take any woman and that woman has a, a complete lack of agency within this metaverse. Yes. And it's just, and only yes. knows this guy. Yes. So it doesn't have, they don't need a real life relationship. No, it, it, it straight up asks, you know, chosen wife, uh, Alice Warren, previous relationship, yes. So again, it, there must be an ability oh, to God, say this no. Is even stupider then. Because then in real life, like if you have random women who are being abducted, then of course their families are going to find them. 
Like, there's no way this could be this could be happening in in America. Well, that's why that's why they would have to do the faking of the death and all of that. Which again, so what ends up happening is instead of just having all these these dreams and the electroshock therapy and all of that, Alice actually wakes up in the original script and comes to in the bed, and Jack is not there. He's at work, so she unhooks herself and finds divorce records from them being divorced with their names on it. Goes in the computer, starts looking it up, finds out it's actually 2050, not 1950 and starts seeing all of these reports of her being missing and the, the the devastation when they finally give up the search and stop looking for her and believe her to be dead. And then uh, Jack comes back, so she fakes it, and then goes back in and starts pretending like she doesn't remember anything to try and bide time. Because she ends up exiting, so she doesn't like get woken up by finding headquarters. She goes into a house that's for sale, and that was a portal out, basically. Which I think would have been better, especially if they abandoned Margaret. It would make sense if her house goes up for sale type of mm. thing, you know? And they have that, since they just kind of abandoned Margaret and her husband. And apparently they cut a bunch of scenes with them. But, like, that makes more sense to me the her biding time and I think we would have had a more a better time understanding the movie or at least enjoyable time with the reveal if it had done something like that earlier on and then her the suspense of her trying to pretend that she doesn't know anything for Jack and the rest of the victory project would have been good because she doesn't know who's to trust and who isn't or at least intersect cuts with like having the real bedroom in real 2022 America or 2050 America. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay, I, I do have a question for you. So at the dinner party, okay, when Frank is throwing it back in Alice's face, which I did love that scene because he was like waiting for a chess move and she flipped the board over, which I did think was very funny. <laughs> um, and he says, you know, uh, is that why you went to headquarters? And Jack is surprised. However, when she went to headquarters, when she followed the plane... Jack is the only one who could have put her back into Victory Project. So he had to have known that she was woken up, chained to the bed, because he was at work at the time. And so then he came home. And that's why when you hear her gasp awake in bed, you hear him say Alice, but he's in the kitchen. So it's not him there in Victory Project. It had to have been in the real world or him being like Alice and like, fuck, like trying to force her to go back into the the. She had to, he had to put her back in. So why is he pretending to be surprised or genuinely surprised at the dinner party when Frank knows that she left? He's not a good actor. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, he, maybe he thought he was playing that emotion and he just came off differently. Yeah, like, like, oh, and then I like, you trusted us in your house. You trusted, like, I trusted you in my bedroom. Like, again, why is he surprised? You were there, my guy. <laughs> that was your idea. If anything, she helped you to make sure you didn't blow your load in front of your fucking idol, <laughs> you know? These questions are far more intriguing than the ones addressed in the film. And I would say the Jack and Alice relationship is not half as horrifying as the, uh, as the relationship with the new arrival couples or, of course, mm -hmm. the Margaret, the Kiki Lane couples uh, situation. Mm -hmm. And especially, I think, the most interesting backstory, again, as horrifying as it, as it was, and even though it was a Martin Scorsese movie from 12 years ago, the Olivia Wilde's character with the, I mean, her, her, that's a tragic backstory for her. Yeah, okay, but then even then, wouldn't you expect her to be a helicopter mom, not the drunk mom who's kind of mean to her kids, who's happy with Alice, her kids liking Alice more than her if she's lost them, and that's why she's there? Like, even that characterization I don't think fits with the reveal that we got. Olivia Wilde watched WandaVision and that one episode of American Dad and was like, I can do this. 
No, but see, but again, and she joked like, oh yeah, this is the type of mom I am or I would be like the drunk mom that's like mean to her kids or something like that. There was an interview that she did, which it's like, again, with the reveal that we get, that sacrifice of giving up free will just to be able to have your children with you, that, that you would be a helicopter mom. You wouldn't be happy with Alice being your kid's favorite person. You just wouldn't. Sure. Well, that I agree with that. And also, to, I mean, to, to, to Mike's point, like, or at least give us more of Olivia Wilde's background. Like, how is she the one woman who knows what's going on here? And she and to make the choice of being okay with what's going on here is like in its own its own way tragic as well. So give us like you have to give us you gotta give us some kind of breadcrumbs that actually have to do with the twist and not just breadcrumbs of oh, there's something weird going on here. Not just a plane falling yeah. out of the sky or scary spooky dancer faces that mean nothing ultimately. <laughs> like you yeah, gotta and- give us some kind of reveal. <laughs> Leading up to what's actually happening earlier on in the movie. Scary dancing. Especially because her husband is obsessed with Frank and he truly believes in the cause. So it's one thing, I I don't know. On one hand, I get it because it's like, okay, y'all go along with what he wants because then I get my children. And like maybe that's how he pitched it to her. Like the kids aren't gone there. You know, but then also I could see her husband being meeker and being the kind yeah. of Bill character who doesn't really want to be there, but he, he wants his wife to be happy because maybe he killed the kids. I don't know. Something. Or like, you imagine know? if it was the backstory of she's the one who heard about the victory and she's the one woman who's like, has her husband drugged and like, yeah. has him, you know, like, yes. I don't care. There's a billion different ways you can go. There's, we've, we've constructed a, a like 25 scenes based around questions that are more interesting and intriguing than what we got in this movie. And I can't believe this is a major studio movie. And I don't mean to dislike to, to pile on to Olivia Wilde here, but like there's a shortcoming of storytelling here that is just so blatant. I can't believe it came from a major studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think that Peg and Bunny could have been combined. Peg is the one that's always pregnant and Peg had some great one-liners, which is why I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I want to know more of her backstory because her and her sure. husband seem to be fine, but she's pregnant all the time. And so I can see why Olivia Wilde's character, Bunny, her being pregnant and why she would have that belief of like, don't you dare ruin this for me, you know, because she's lost her children. She has them now and she wants more and the desperation to protect that I think would fit better than having these two characters that are just kind of like Peg is fun, but she's just kind of there, you know, to give one liners and doesn't really propel the plot. We got more from Violet uh, and the which I get is is scary. And the, the implication of her character is scary. But like we completely abandoned Margaret. And it's like that's she is the cat. She's the fire starter. She's the catalyst for the movie. She's why Alice starts questioning. She's things. the canary. Yeah. And we have to just abandon her completely. And there's a scene where she's supposed to be at the party. And it's like, yeah, that would make more sense. Like if she's completely out of it or even more in control or the necklace is covering up the cut in her throat or something like that. And it's like, that would have been something because then I feel like that would impl- would fit uh, Alice's breakdown more where she sees Margaret, but Margaret maybe doesn't see her. Like she looks right through her and she realizes that something is very wrong with Margaret and that sets off the panic attack that she ends up having versus just, oh, Frank is staring at me, you know. I, I just wish we, we saw a movie where it was more cohesive. Like if, if, we, if we saw the movie that Florence Pugh and Kiki Lane and... Well, I'll, I'll give those two with Sidney Chandler as Violet. If we if we got the movie that they were acting in, that would be yeah. great. Instead, mm-hmm. we got this mishmash where Olivia Wilde's got this own horrifying mix with uh, with Nick Kroll's character of Dean. But 
you know, Olivia Wilde's kind of acting in the movie that Gemma Chan and, and Chris Pine are acting in. And then Nick Kroll and Kate Berlant, are, they're just acting in their own thing. And I, I would enjoy that film probably the most, but I'm a cynical jerk for that mm. reason. But and, and then you have, yeah, Timothy Simons is actually doing some good dramatic work here. Jonah As Ryan doctor, from Veep. Yeah, yeah he's, but mm-hmm. he's, he's trying to go against type. We're just, they're all acting in different movies. And it's, and not since House of Gucci has this been the case for me, but House Easy. of Gucci. Look at, at least, at least we leaned into the movie that Al Pacino and, of course, uh, Mr. Jared Leto were acting in with House of yeah, Gucci. Well, speaking of Jared Leto, we don't, you know, you don't talk, review Morbius and then bring up The Godfather, do you? So watch your mouth here, all right? But Nick Kroll. <laughs> Nick Kroll <laughs> flopping onto that car like a fish. Oh, don't leave. Don't leave, Alice. Where are you going? Where's hey, the blood coming from? By the way, Mike. Yeah, that was, yeah. Why would they all know? Why would the guys all know? Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So the structure of this whole entire universe becomes completely unraveled when one woman knows what's going on because things just start exploding because Florence Pugh has figured out this is the metaverse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so why, are the women why realizing didn't that, that bad Lane? things can happen? Why didn't that happen with Olivia Wilde? Like why is yeah. why is her now knowing what's going on affecting the world for everyone around it? Like, well, I think it's because it's like she it's the real. I think they were trying to imply that the women are realizing that she's not crazy and Margaret wasn't crazy and something is wrong, which is why Violet pulls away from um, from Bill and doesn't let him touch her, and then Peg pulls away from her husband, and that's why their light bulbs are exploding. Like they're realizing something is wrong. And so my guess is they couldn't do the full reveal where the women are all out of their or waking up or whatever because it's too close to a little bit of like a gritty Stepford Wives. And they didn't want that comparison. But that's what this movie should have been. If you're going to have the tone of this movie anyway, then it should be gritty Stepford Wives. And like Mike said, people are just, there's some people that are acting in that movie and there's some people that aren't. Yeah. And so I just think that, yeah, the her she kept stopping to go and show us these scary scenes. And I'm like, bitch, run. You know, like when she <laughs> when she stops walking up the hill to go and look over at the red men crawling yeah. up the wall. It's like, you show us a different shot. We don't need to see her seeing that. Let the audience see. There's this thing called dramatic irony where we can we can we can have the suspense for Florence. We don't need to see her seeing that. She knows they're chasing her. Right. She doesn't need to see them. Like it'd be something if maybe she saw a hand she heard them and then instead of looking she's like oh fuck and keeps running you know like she's going she's already barefoot in the desert there's enough suspense so here's here's a big question having to do with all this like okay critics are tearing this movie apart audiences are still seeing it mike you said this is probably going to go towards profitability does any of what we're saying actually matter for wb i mean the teens that have yeah, I mean, the teens that haven't seen the, t- the 15 movies I mentioned or, you know, they haven't watched the, all the shows that I, I listed up top, I mean, they're seeing a, a movie like this for one of the first times. I mean, this is the recycled movie-going audience. That and they're is, not even going for the plot. No, they don't care. They're, they get the goods delivered that they wanted to see for the most part, would, would we say? And they're happy about that. They get to see. They Harry got to Styles. see Harry Styles giving head. That's all they cared about. <laughs> right. Like that's is that the bottom line here? Like does does any of this actually matter? And and if that's the case, like if it doesn't, are we heading towards a big studio world in which big studios put 
the Harry Styles and the TikTok influencers. And, We've been. Like, in are we going to get world. Charlie D'Amelio's? I mean, for my career, I would love that. If that right, like, right. is like, hey, hey, put Swell Entertainment in a horror movie. We just want to kill her in the first five minutes. <laughs> I would love that. Listen, any Hollywood execs, I will be so nice on set. I promise. I will not. I will not try and sleep with the director. I won't try and sleep with the co-star. I won't uh, have have a screaming match with anyone. I. Will. <laughs> well, then you're not going to sell tickets. So you have to do those things. You have to orchestrate okay. the marketing. Yeah. We've established this earlier in the okay, episode. Okay, 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 wait, wait, wait. Reset, reset. Okay, I will write really vague Twitter posts, okay, that allude to me being unhappy. I will faint at press conferences, like openly faint out of my seat. Like I'll, like something's wrong and I'll stand up and then I'll collapse. It'll be fantastic, don't worry. And I'll wear a beautiful dress so it flows out when I do fall. It'll be great. Okay, there we go. But as, as a connoisseur of like, you love good bad movies swell like you love yes. awful cinema and mm-hmm. we share that likeness you and i like are do you want to see a future of like you know addison ray she's the man too do you want like do you want no universal okay, presents so, charlie d'amelio's you know chinatown w- remake we're def we're definitely going to be getting that but my point is with bad movies is that there's this thing called forced cringe and i've talked about this with the um um it's you, it's me, it's madness, or me, you, madness, that movie mm-hmm. that I reviewed mm-hmm. uh, like two years ago that was a total mess, but it was a girl boss action horror movie type of yes. thing, okay? Yeah. And it was an absolute mess because it was trying to be cringe. And it was not enjoyable in any capacity because there's so much to rip into that it's not even a fun watch because the the best comedy is comedy that's not played as comedy. It's very serious comedy. And then it comes across as funny because everyone involved is taking it so seriously, you know? And so the, um, even a movie like this, there's too much surrounding it that it can't be fun, you know? And so yeah. I think fun bad is something that's achieved. It's not something that's strived for. I think it's earned in the sense that the truly terrible films and the truly terrible filmmakers think they're making Citizen Kane and they, th- they, th- they right. think oh, they're yeah. making great no, movies. They thought the Cats was high art, okay? Mm-hmm. And then they realized, oh, we're fucked. Okay, let's render this for <laughs> the Better premiere. get all these buttholes out of these uh, <laughs> Yes, yes, <laughs> that's, that's what I want. It's a mistake made in the final cut. That's what I care about. That's what I want. That's where you get high art. That's where you get enjoyable cringe and just an absolute <laughs> camp masterpiece. Not this. This was someone, this was a vanity project under the guise of like critical commentary and it just doesn't land. What I also, want. Also, why did Gemma Chan stab him? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk that. about that. Yeah. It's the most ridiculous thing in the movie. At that point, you're watching this movie and you're just like, sure. give me a bra- I mean, I'm just <laughs> screaming. I am, I am, yaw- I, at that point, I am just like, what? And my, of course, my seat rumbles right at that moment. <laughs> she twists the knife. <laughs> And my butt, my butt rumbles. Like, what is happening? This is absurd. Was that the most outlandish plot point? Like, the most, okay, sure, whatever. The last scene she was in, she was defending him with all her honor in a tell-off scene of the movie, which was a solid scene. And it was strategic, too, right? Because she had to, like, she had to bring the wives over and, like, make them cope aesthetic with what's going on. And she's supposed to be, like, the HBIC of this whole land. And then she stabs him for what reason? Yeah, no, because even then, I mean... 
his involve his scene in that part doesn't make sense because he has already admitted he has entered into this chess match with her to prove himself. Why would he let his goons go and handle her after that? You know why? It, why? Because he was scared that she already killed someone. Like that. That's not. I feel like he would see that as her, like I would expect more of like a comment of like, oh, she's melting down. This will be done soon. You know, something mm. like that. Versus him panicking about her escaping. And then even then, her waking up at the end, they've already said, we'll put her back in if she gets out. They already said that. So, like, they know where she lives, so she better get the fuck out of there. Harry un- uh, or Jack untied one of her hands to hold her hand going into the simulation, which is also fucked up. But at least she's got <laughs> one hand free. So she can get herself out now. But she better be ready to run with those little compression bands around her ankles or whatever the fuck and be able to run because they're going to come after her. Because, yeah, what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the aftermath of this? She goes public. Hey, there's all these women in this uh, thing. What do they start doing? A, a national raid of everyone trying to find the wives? Yeah, wasn't, wasn't some of that in the original script? I was reading that the final battle between Florence Pugh and Harry Styles uh, was was in the apartment, and she got him in there or something. I like that's a yeah, much so better film. That and then she kills him and ends up in a mental hospital, and you think she's out because Bunny is there, also appearing to also be out. But then Bunny leans down and says, "There's a portal behind you. You can get out through there." Type of thing. So it's like, okay, is she in the simulation or is she out of the simulation? And that's where the movie ends. Which I, that is the suspense open ending. That is the ending of Inception. That is, huh, where is this real life or a dream? That's not abandoning plot points, which is what TikTok doesn't seem to understand. I'm sorry. I'm so tired of these TikTok girlies thinking they are film critics. (laughs) And I'm not a film critic. I'm just a bitch with opinions. But like, (laughs) still, I have seen more than three movies and I am proud of that fact. (laughs) Well, is that the, is that the over, that's what you've gotten mostly from TikTok? And that in Gen Z, they're no, the, digestion no, of my this movie. Cons- no, my concern with this movie is people being like, Alice is a, Alice's feminism is stronger than mine because if my if Harry Styles was on his knees asking me to be perfect with him, I would fold like a cheap suit. That's and so I'm very concerned about the future of women in these relationships and all of that because again, this is. Mm. Again, this is, I guess, the problem with, like, this is also part of the problem I have with casting really hot actors to play serial killers and, and biopics and things oh, like yeah. that. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like there's the, again, the romantic, you're furthering the romanticization of these types mm-hmm. of characters for women. And at the end of the day, there are people that are susceptible to this for whatever reason. And I think coming at a time where, you know, Roe v. Wade being overturned and losing rights and, you know, mm-hmm. the ongoing battle that we are still dealing with that and the recession and all of that, that's when things like, you know, the trad wife and all of that become popular and ideal because, oh, I don't want to have to deal with the stress of this, so I'll go and be a housewife. And then you become, start dealing with financial abuse and all these other things that come with that type of lifestyle. And I just think that it's very, very dangerous. And I don't think that that's necessarily on Olivia Wilde or Harry Styles for him being in this movie or anything like that. It's just a lack, again, I think media uh, literacy in this country is dwindling uh, every day. And we're just consuming so much, so much media that like there's no discernment, for lack of a better word, of like how to piece through these things. And that's just where I get concerned. But why did she stab him? Why did she stab him? (laughs) Do you think Joe Rogan watched this movie and was like, I got to get me some henchmen in red suits? I think he's yeah. going to. I think he's signing up for MIT computer classes. That's what like I think he he's called doing. Zuckerberg and was like, "Hey, I got an idea." 
No, see, but then everything with the metaverse, like, like I know this is supposed to be like a decent future and all that, and that's the scary part. But like, I don't doubt that there are people like they're thinking about things like this. Like, there's there are definitely men thinking like this out there, which I know is the point. It's a commentary on that. And I don't have a problem with incels being the villains of these stories because I think they're fucking pathetic. And you can quote me on that. Mm -hmm. And um, some people would pay good money to hear you say that. But go on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, trust me. I got three DMs the other day after one of my videos asking if I did financial domination. And I was like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I tried it. So you don't have to. Fin (laughs) Dom. No, but it's just these these. God, I lost my train of thought. Why did she stab him? You know, I'm still on that. It doesn't fit. And then also, again, he is the he is the guy. He is probably the only one who is taking care of their bodies because he can't leave to go and take care of her body because he's the guy. He can't leave victory. That's the whole point. There, Yeah, I mean, there's a billion plot holes that are left completely open-ended by mistake, like you're kind of getting at. But I, I also wanted to get back to, oh, God, I lost my train of thought now. Hang on. You, you said something before as well that fucking triggered something in me. Oh, uh, financial domination? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) You you walked into that one. Yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. You were were talking about, you you hinted at what Olivia Wilde was like, how this was supposed to be this big feministic movie, right? And this was like supposed to be this big feminist moment and movie and and kind of, it could be, it could very well be a, a commentary on the times that, women are being pressured through with Roe v. Wade and all of this stuff going on that's, like, affecting them personally. And if this movie was what Olivia Wilde sold it as, like, that's the biggest frustration for me, is that all the tools yeah. were here for that, for this movie to be that. And the fact that it's so far afield from that is even more frustrating and immensely frustrating because it really could have been the movie she sold it as. Like, all the parts are here for that. Even mm. even the claims she made about this being about like female hunger and the sex scenes, it's like the sex scenes mostly serve no point other than look, it's Harry Styles going down on his wife. Right. You know, like they don't fit. Like even the scene in the in Frank's bedroom where it's like he's just trying to tie a tie, and then I don't think he. I think if 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 anything in that scene, I feel like it would be Alice pressuring Jack to fool around in Frank's office. I don't think he would disrespect Frank that way and take that risk in Frank's house. I don't think he would do that with what we are shown, especially at the party scene where he is so clearly reverent of Frank. You know, I don't think he would take like the the ties trying to try his tie and things like that. That's one thing. Fooling around with his wife in his bedroom and running that risk, I don't think is something that would happen. But it was, again, like trying to show female pleasure and all of that, which, again, it just it doesn't fit. It just doesn't. It doesn't fit. That's the uh, that's the moral of the story. <laughs> Tagline for this movie. Yeah. Uh, let's it. let's do something fun at the end here. Let's get into grades if we can possibly <laughs> do that. Uh, Mike, what do you give this movie? If your middle is aggravating, and it was aggravating, even though I like the beginning of the story, I like a lot of the production values, your ending is melodramatic trash, and you're regurgitating plots that have been overdone in the industry by simply just doing it again, uh, then I'm sorry. Despite the righteous message behind it, and and at least built into it, I mean, you fail and you fail miserably. I, I just can't award this movie... A lot of points and it, it I, I can't i mean it's a failure it's a it's a it's an f plus 
is wow. what I'll give it. You're going, you're F going plus. full F. But let me look at it. I mean, it's, there, there's half this movie is probably a B plus. And then mm-hmm. the movie the, just swan dives. The story and the, the, the accoutrement attached to it, yeah. Right, so I don't yeah. like begrudge a critic who says there's a lot to like about this film. Right. I mean, I'm just, I'm yeah. just a bitch with an opinion myself. <laughs> I'm, not pretending, I'm not pretending to be a, like a renowned film critic here. But I watch this movie and it sucks and I walk out of it just feeling awful and it's you know every every reveal is a new level of bummer that's that that's just why i don't write these reviews but the, mm. the, it's just a bummer and it's an asinine plot that has been done i mean again like 20 something times in the last 20 years since i've been kind of consuming movies at this level so what yeah. the hell i'm 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 I give you credit for going full F there. I'm, I'm going to shy away from that just because of the, you know, there are the positives. The, it does look great. It is obviously highly polished. There are some some moments of, of good filmmaking and audacity here and reaching to be something bigger than it is. But, I yeah, you can't, I mean, D plus, I guess, for me. It's not, as far as major studio films go and things that we thought could have had Oscar legs once upon a time, I mean, it, it's incredibly frustrating. Credit to you, Swell, for sniffing this one out early on and saying that they could be fraught <laughs> with problems. But go ahead. Where do you land on it, Swell? Probably about a D-plus as well, just because, again, I do think a lot of the performances in this were very good. And I did, like, I was enjoying the earlier spots and a lot of the line delivery in the earlier bits. Um, although I did have one more thing I wanted to bring up that I wanted yeah. your opinions on. So... When Margaret is quote unquote dead, but also not dead, and then in, I guess in the original shooting, because they ended up cutting Kiki Lane out a lot and her husband in this a lot, um, which she met her current partner on the set. Her current uh, her current boyfriend was her husband in the movie which they met on set, which I did think was cute. Um, That's creepy for this story, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they um, they uh, they the implication that okay his wife might be dead so he loses his job and then is essentially booted from victory because we never see them again um would that not lead to potential real life issues with like they'd have to kill him right because they can't risk him exposing them for kicking him out you know because it's not like he couldn't pay his subscription fee they kicked him out and then also if the if she was not okay say she's dead but they want to keep him but they want to keep him alive so he stays in because it's like the children the children have to be built off of something so sure enough let's say kiki is again dead but there's now a simulated version of her like the children not being real then that again that scene with alice in the party would have been great if we had margaret and she doesn't she she can't acknowledge anyone because she is now an npc like that would have been super creepy and super cool. I have no idea if that's what the scene was supposed to be. That's but where I, know I thought that they were going to go with like she was going to turn into Lakeith Stanfield from Get Out, and he was just going to mm. like become yeah. one of them. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, they also say they made a point to say or Timothy Simons, I think, says it that when a man dies in in Victory, he dies in real life. Like yes, so what, she's so dead. a woman does I a think, woman I not does a woman not die in real life? Does that like why do you say a man? No, and then she's also saying, no, they're going to kill you. They're going to kill your real body in the real right. world. And it's like, okay, so then if they killed her in victory, would that not kill her then? If, if that's Because it makes it sound like they're hunting her down in the real world, which they obviously have to know where they live to keep track of payments and all of that. So it's like, hey, we've come to collect your victory payment. You know, they have to know where they live. <laughs> so... Like, yeah, that would like the whole why have that line? They're going to kill your real body in the real world. And they can't if uh, 
when a man dies, like, yeah, they Jack can't put you back in. So yeah, if they kill, so she would be stuck in a coma in the real life if she they, if they just killed her there, if they didn't kill her in the real world? This is all leading up to one gigantic class action lawsuit, and I hope Chris <laughs> Pine is ready for it. <laughs> so. Yeah, anyway, D+. plus. Yeah, all of these backstories are just far more interesting than... The, the main story of between Jack and Alice. I'm sorry. It's I think just, this would have been a better, this would have been a better limited series or novel first. I think fleshing things out in a novel, I think would have been very good. Cause then I think we could have seen Alice's mental state probably depicted better than like the, what we like, I like the frantic cleaning and I like the parallels between how she's cleaning at first versus cleaning afterwards and the food and all of that. And, and mm. then, then the, you know, the belief that everything's okay and so making dinner again for Jack and then the final scenes and all of that. I did like that parallel, but I just think, I don't know, I think a novelization of this would have been, could have been very well executed and would have helped them flesh things out to then do a film adaptation. Yeah, I agree with that for one. And for two, all the bullshit misogyny that Olivia Wilde had to deal with as far as the behind the scenes drama related to this film. Uh, I mean, I, I agree that it was all seeped in misogyny. That's a message that Mike and I pounded the table here about uh, multiple times in previewing this movie, but it should have been reserved for what she did on set. Like, this this movie is worthy of a lot of criticism, I feel, but, like, we feel guilty about piling on. Well, we feel guilty about piling on because of how mishandled any kind of rage or inappropriateness was aimed at her, I think, in the pre-production. Like, this feels like just taking shot after shot after shot at Olivia Wilde when she shouldn't have been victim of the shots to begin with in the, as far as the uh, controversy, I think goes. Mm-hmm. She should be the victim of criticism for making a terrible movie. Yeah. I, that's, <laughs> that's I agree. it. She yeah. made a terrible movie. Didn't work. I mean, points for ambition mm-hmm. points for yeah. orchestrating terrific production values and a lot of great performances. But I'm sorry. It's just you know. I look at. I think. I think you walk away from movie watching experience where certain things outweigh others, and then that's it. it. It does become somewhat binary at a certain level. Like if you have a terrible time at the movie theaters, that's it. Mm-hmm. I I fought off sleep multiple times in this movie too. It was not fun. Not a good. Not a good time at all. Um, swell. Yes. Thank you for joining us on this. Yes. I'm glad we uh, we had your perspective. Thank you for letting me hijack this conversation. No, it I was it was great. It. I mean, you you gave everything that we could have asked you for and more. I think it was you know a, as opposed to most times when you're on here, you were actually an asset this time. So good for no, I'm kidding. Oh, ha 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 ha. <laughs> I I had so much wasted food. I hate this movie as my main criticism. <laughs> right. So you brought your opinions brought much more gravitas. You were were incredible on this, so we can't thank you enough. Give yourself a plug. Tell the good people where they can find your stuff. You can find me on Swell Entertainment on YouTube and Love You Too Golka everywhere else. My personal podcast is currently on hiatus, but it's also called Swell Shenanigans if you would like to check that out. And yeah, thank you again for having me and for letting me say I told you so, for accurately (laughs) predicting that this movie was not going to be good. Do you have plans to bring back Swell Shenanigans? Yes, I just personally, I got really comfortable doing solo episodes and I prefer having guests. So I'm just kind of trying to revamp a season two with uh, specifically guests. Good. There you go. Makes sense to us. Uh, Mike, let's uh, let's have some words of wisdom and let's tell the good people what's coming next from us. Follow Amanda, follow uh, Swell Entertainment, subscribe on YouTube, all those things. uh, And uh, make sure make sure you subscribe to Swell Shenanigans. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we love we love the show there. Yeah, so those are the that's the wise words. Uh, 
I obviously didn't have any wise words in this episode, so I'll just... Uh, <laughs> that's an easy... I could backtrack there. But look, at I mean, three upcoming Oscar Race Checkpoint episodes on the New York Film Festival. I can't wait to go to New York City the next three will- weekends. I'm really excited to see a bunch of movies, so you guys will hear those from me. And, uh, well, I guess it, here's... I, I will say something wise. It's wise to not listen to my way-too-early Oscar predictions two years in advance because <laughs> I predicted, don't worry, darling, for best picture and i somehow avoided <laughs> yeah i've avoided this mia culpa now this entire episode so i've made you guys i i've i've, I've made you guys listen to all my stupid opinions until now when i was completely discredited walking into this yeah so it was yeah. it was a rough week for our way too early oscar opinions mike between me with amsterdam <laughs> and you with uh, don't worry darling there so oh i still haven't yeah. seen amsterdam yet yeah. We do not do well with early predictions, no, I guess. No, But as always, dear listener, what matters most to us are your thoughts, comments, questions, and concerns. Have you seen this movie yet? What did you think about it? Let us know all that as well as anything else having to do or that we cover here in the MMO Empire. You can leave us those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com, .com, and on Reddit. We are available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either the Spotify or Apple Podcast app, if you appreciate what we do, if if you could leave us a five-star review, those help us out immensely. Amanda, thank you once again for joining us here. Thank you uh, again for having me. Uh, of course. Can't wait to do it again. Uh, as always, dear listener, when reality sucks, you can get trapped in the metaverse with us and our friends. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you all very soon. See ya. Bye. Bye.